Hello and welcome to the Bama B Basketball Podcast brought to you by Wickles. I am Hunter Johnson. I'm joined as always by Cecil Hurt. Cecil, how we doing? Great. Hunter, has anything happened since our last podcast? Not really anything of note. Um, you know, just it's really been a pretty boring uh, three weeks or so. Um, you know, everything kind of went as planned, uh, just like everybody sure. thought it would. Just yeah. sort of, just sort of fill in the blanks. You know, yeah. Just show up in Nashville. Um, nobody's there. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> the, it it may be that the the last basketball game I saw, certainly for the 2020 season, was Arkansas and and Ole Miss. I mean, that's a good way so, to go out, though. I, I guess. I guess it was. Um, was that it? Or was it Georgia and Ole Miss? I can't remember now. It was Georgia Ole Miss. Arkansas and... Arkansas and Vandy. Yeah, yeah, the last one I saw was Arkansas and Vandy. Well, the last one I saw was Alabama Vandy, which sucks pretty bad, too. So. Yeah. Um, and then closed out with Alabama-Missouri. But fortunately, we really don't have to talk about those games. Right. Uh, well, we did we, podcast we, since then, so yeah, um, we did do a SEC tournament preview, I guess. Yeah, but, but yeah, like that was like wasted you, time and effort. It definitely was. Yeah, we talked about all these different types <laughs> of scenarios, and it was all for naught, as the SEC tournament didn't happen. Neither did the NCAA tournament. Um, just I know that you actually made it to Nashville. I on Wednesday night drove up to Birmingham. Was ad, was packed for five days. I planned on staying the entire time in Nashville. It's always one of my favorite weeks of the year. I like going and staying sure. even after Alabama loses. And, you know, it was at dinner on Wednesday night and got the call. And so drove back to Tuscaloosa on Thursday morning. And this was when they were still supposed to play. So I text uh, Nick Sneed, one of the managers of Innisfree. I'm like, hey, I'm coming to watch the game. And uh, <laughs> I got a text about 30 minutes later. He said, well, I guess you're not coming to the bar now. Um, <laughs> and then – Seriously, 30 minutes after that, I got an email from our corporate telling us to all go home, that we were working from home. So, right. yeah, it was a pretty eventful 12 hours or so. And then you, you would think, well, it, it couldn't get any weirder than that. Oh, but yes, it has. Well, it definitely has. Um, you know, my experience, I watched the, I watched the Wednesday games. And there were fans. There were fans. And yeah. Actually, for those games, they're a pretty good crowd. You know, yeah, given yeah. everything, is pretty good crowd. The Kentucky fans had started coming in, and then there were some Vandy fans. But there were just a lot of, you know, Tennessee fans, some Alabama fans. People were ready to go. And then we got the word that there wouldn't be fans the next day. So, of course, we had credentials. We were able to, to access the arena. Uh, right. So drove down, parked at, at Nissan Stadium, which is where our remote parking is. They shuttled us over. Uh, completely empty, you know, like like Cormac McCarthy's The Road <laughs> was being filmed in Nashville. You know, very, very few people on the streets. But still expecting to play, expecting, hey, this is really going to be strange, playing a game with no spectators um the alabama team was there the tennessee team was there um, alabama was in uniform in the locker room going over the scouting report and knock on the door and they told him to get back on the bus and head out so that was the end of the season for them yeah. they, they and, weren't a hundred percent sure they probably they probably figured at that point there wasn't going to be a you know if they couldn't play the tournament and get get it 
Cinderella run to the NCAA that there wasn't going to be an NIT if they were going to cancel right. the SEC tournament. There wasn't going to be any kind of NIT. So that was it for for Beetle. You know, that was the end of basketball. Um, for the other guys, it was the end of the the end of the season, and for some of them, it was their last time in the Alabama uniform, probably. Right. Um, so so now everything's really moving. Then we had press conferences. Most of the people you would want to talk to were on site. Greg Sankey was there. Uh, Greg Byrne was was there. Um, so you could get some, you know, so Nashville was definitely the, from our work standpoint, was definitely the place you wanted to be. Um, but uh, it was, it was hectic. You didn't know what we thought at noon changed it to when the NCAA canceled the entire tournament. Um, the baseball tournament, the softball tournament. Um, so yeah, at that point, it was just, you know, really hectic work day. And, you know, still in Nashville, didn't come back from Nashville until the until the next day. And um, a, a huge shift in gears. Um, there's no, you know, the, the stories continued to develop. Um, but, you know, a lot of them weren't basketball-centric. You know, Coach Oates spent some time with his family, which is understandable. Um, you know, the players that, that, you know, they tried to get them home as safely as possible. Um, so that, that was it for the season. And then, and, and and then meanwhile, you've got, on I was going to say, meanwhile, you've got Charlie Henry's wife going into labor while being in Nashville. <laughs> she, she gives birth. The, the child, the, the whole family yeah. is in our prayers. The child's still in the hospital up there. Um, He's still in Nashville. He hadn't. Yeah been able to leave Nashville yeah, or leave the NICU. So, um, yeah, so a lot of personal drama from that standpoint for the Henrys. Um, so it's just a, you know, it's just been a strange, it is a weird time to be alive. Time. Um, it, it really is. So um, see how it, how it transpires. Of course, there's continued to be basketball news. Um both Kyra and John Petty have um, said that they want to explore the NBA draft. I don't think that came as a surprise to anybody. Now, how, how that's going to manifest for them, we don't know because they uh, don't know what, when, if or when, there'll be an NBA draft. Uh, so not 100% sure what you have to do, but we're about to talk probably more about the roster issues, but just – talking right now about the the quarantine and the the coronavirus issues um you know their their world is up in the air so um some of the other players as as nate Oates said they're having to practice on a hoop in their driveway right now and that's what they can do right and you know we're going to talk a little bit more about the roster issues but it just makes it so that i mean any type of it just kind of put everything in a holding pattern. I mean, yeah, guys can declare like what Petty and Kyra did, which that's completely understandable. Like yeah. I would have said, like no matter what, those guys they've never done it before. This and I don't expect they're not going to stay longer than one more year, no matter what. They should go through the process right. anyway. It only makes uh, sense John's for them a junior. To do it. John's a junior anyway, so right. And then Kyra was not going to stay for 
Yeah, so it makes complete sense I, for them to do that. I counted on that. So, right. And if you know if they go, if Kyron's a top twenty pick, hey, he should go. Um, sure. You know, oh, we'll see with we'll see with John. Um, I would love to obviously have John back another year, but I mean, John's got a kid. If John needs to go, then and maybe it's not playing in the NBA. I'd love to see him play in the NBA, but even if it means playing in Europe. But then all this is kind of throwing a wrench in all that because who knows if they're all even – I mean, we don't know where sports are going to be in the next – in the near future, in the, in the even somewhat distant future. Here, here's what John has to say. I don't think he'll get a first-round grade, but he may get a second-round grade. Um, and, and so he's got to decide how much uh, another year of college would elevate him versus a year of making money and what – if it elevates him to a first-round draft choice, then you should come back and elevate yourself to a first-round draft choice. Uh, if you're just delaying the situation to be in the same position next year, you know, he may be in a position where you know, not everybody is a first-round draft choice, but people make money playing basketball. And, and yeah. you know, if, it's, if it's not – 17 million dollars you know those guys are, are unique and of course it's wonderful if colin sexton or somebody can do that but they're guys who who go to the g league go overseas make eighty five thousand a year let's say you know you get a fifty thousand dollar tender signing from one of the nba franchises they put you in the g league you make 35 so you made eighty five thousand dollars in that year and and like you say when you've got a family when you've got in john's case you know his mom his daughter um versus free or however you want to evaluate the scholarship but um you know that's that's not something that you just say well i don't need that Right. You know, it, and just so many kids, so many different players are in different positions. Yeah. And, and, you know, John's got his personal situation. Other guys have their personal situation. And like, there's other options too. It's not just the G League. A, a name that comes to sure, mind would be a guy who was, yeah, like Richard Hendricks was a second round draft pick. He just finished up his 12th year playing. And that right. dude's done very, very well for himself. Right. Whereas, you know, Dante Dante Hall ended up undrafted in the G League, was doing great in the G League, got right in kind of the midst of all this, got a call up from the Pistons. Uh, you know, so I don't know where he's, what amount he's getting paid right now, but he's getting paid something. And, you know, it's unfortunate he didn't have a chance to, to stick a little longer, maybe get a contract through the rest of the year. I think he missed it by so a day forth. or two. Missed it by a day or two. So, yeah. Um, there, there's very, but everybody's situation is a little bit different. Right. So, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a moment with more of the Bama Beat Basketball Podcast brought to you by Wickles. Welcome back to the Bama Beat Basketball Podcast brought to you by Wickles. A quick word on Wickles. I, will, I have to admit that Wickles has really – They've been a lot for me uh, through my quarantine. I have, first of all, I have plenty of them, so I haven't really had to, <laughs> I haven't to go out and buy anymore. I got, I got wickles out the wazoo, 
Um, and so I've been eating a lot of them. Everything from the relish, the, the actual wickles, the green relish, the sandwich spread. They are uh, wickedly delicious pickles, relishes, okra, and much more. And they're proud to be an Alabama-owned Alabama and made using a family recipe 90 years in the making. From Saturday sandwiches to Christmas dinner, their secret recipe used to be reserved for family and friends who were lucky enough to get a jar. But since 1998, they've been bringing the sweet, heat, and bold, and tangy recipes into your home. Learn more about them at WicklesPickles.com and find them in your local store in the pickle aisle. Let's get wicked. Um, I hope that, speaking of Wickles, hope everybody's got their grocery shopping done, has some food to last for a little while, which is such a weird thing to be talking about right now. Um, you just never, in 2020, you just never think that you're going to have to like stockpile or like be worried about going, getting out and going to the store, but that's where we are. Um, Support local, by the that. way, to the, yes, to by the local. extent. Everybody, if you're in Tuscaloosa, if you're in, you know, go there are several local places that, that are serving that have, you know, modified takeout or curbside, and those businesses need your help because you want them when when everything's over with. You want them to be there and you want them to be strong and you you want to have uh, local options. And so let me encourage without advertising for anybody. Just you you right. know what you like. You, you know who's in the community. Lots of businesses who've been in the community for many years um, and, and really try and support them, support your servers. Uh, that's that's critical uh, at this time. Absolutely. I've been eating, you know, really, there's, there, when you're staying in almost all the time, it's kind of hard to even, you're not spending any money. You can't go out and do anything. So I've been trying to use my money by supporting local out. Um, you know, supporting the the, lo the local restaurants and bar scene here in Tuscaloosa because we when when this is over we're going to need them back. We don't want them to have to shut their doors because they can't keep the doors open throughout this. So, Cecil, kind of talking about the roster and where we're at. Yeah, let, um, what what's happened? Just to wrap up, you know, what's happened is that that with the way the season ended, um, both in terms of the the actual end, the shutdown in Nashville. Um, and the fact that for a variety of reasons, they, they didn't close out the season with their best performances by far. Uh, it's been fairly easy for everybody to shift their focus to 2021, 2020, 21 season and um, look ahead. And so I, you know, I did want to I wrote a column this week. Uh, I, I think in due time, people will look back on this 2020 team and and have good memories of it. And that mm -hmm. won't be the Vanderbilt game and the Missouri game, but it will be the LSU game and Herb shooting the free throws one-handed and, you know, going to Ole Miss and, and setting a scoring record and, and e even the, the game at Auburn, you know, and certainly the win against Auburn at home and just transitioning to Nate Oates' style when some of them weren't recruited for that style and, and right. don't really – fit that style but some did and and um you know what he's trying to do now is, is to segue and build a team that's built for that style but i, I think uh probably more so I, you know the ending was disappointing but i think over time uh you're gonna look back and say that that, that 2020 team man they, they had some guys you know i, I really enjoyed watching them play I would completely agree with that. I mean, obviously, like you said, it didn't finish the way that we wanted it to. But, I mean, 
hell, we're Alabama basketball fans. We're kind of used to that at this point. <laughs> um, shouldn't have really been that big of a shock. Uh, right. But no, I mean, it's been, it, it was different, though. And I, kind of like what we've been saying all year. The style was different. It was a different style of basketball. It was at least more enjoyable to watch. Now, was it frustrating at times? Absolutely. But like, like you said, that Auburn game at home, that LSU game at home, even the Auburn game on the road, really, really exciting basketball games. Sure. Um, and Ole Miss on the road. Sure. So it's kind of nice to know that we have at least that style to look forward to. You know, it could be the case that we lose our two best players in in um, Kyra and John. But, you know, we will have – we have guys coming back, and we have guys that a lot of people haven't even gotten to see play yet. Right. Back, which but, has to but, be exciting. But that have practiced a year in the system. Exactly. Guys who have practiced a year in the system, and I think – I think you've got a nucleus now first before we get into recruiting um, where, where things certainly took a positive turn on Friday. Um, Shackelford, Herb, Rojas, Quinterly, you know, that's the nucleus. That's the core. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can start building with those guys. Um, You know, Juwan Gary hadn't gotten to see a lot of him. But, but a guy that you you probably feel good about, you know, was the highest rated guy in that class. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sort of suits the the type, you know, the, the six, six can defend, uh, can shoot at some. So a three see how he does. You know, he's been away from basketball, high level basketball for a pretty good while now. But um, they, they certainly saw some encouraging things from him in practice. So even, even if Kyra and John don't come back, that's a, that's a core you can start to build around. And you know, that it's going to take more pieces than that, but that's what they're in the process of working on now. Right. And there are pieces out there starting. One of those pieces came on today in Joshua out of Canada, a top 50 player reclassified, um, chose Alabama over um, our biggest back in Creighton. Take that, Greg McDermott. I hope that Greg and Grant and Grant Gibbs and all of them were mad. Yeah. Doug, all the whole McDermott family and Grant Gibbs were really upset today. Um, but yeah, a really good just, for just, us. Just slight revenge for Fallon Relaford on that last shot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then in, in a little bit of a random news, have you seen what's happening at Wichita State? Like to our second biggest rival, Wichita? <laughs> they got like seven guys, seven guys in the transfer portal. Like it's, it, I saw where Mark Ennis sure said it's almost like he's changing teams. But, like that, you know, yeah. Some of that may be just like some of Alabama's potential transfer portal action may be the coach indicates that you get a better opportunity somewhere else. So I don't know right. enough about Wichita's situation but they're not going to return much experience next year no no it'd be great if we get a rivalry game with them next year but anyway back to primo oh, one one um, one last thing while we're okay. doing all this housekeeping because it's been so much time uh anthony grant national coach of the year and congratulations absolutely all, so happy for coach grant i really uh, in all of this obviously i feel bad for our guys um but really feel bad for him and that program you know they on pace to be a one seed, could have been a Final Four team, even have a shot at a national championship. 
um, you know, firing a bottle with Obi Toppin, and they don't even get to play an NCAA tournament. That's that may, that's really sad. I hate that for them. Right, and and that's that, you know that community. That's their sport. You know, that's right. That's what they've got are the Flyers basketball, and you know they they support that first first round or you know first four games. Um, I've been to games there. You've been to games there. It's great atmosphere. Um, but uh, again, people say, well, why didn't Anthony do that? Hey, different guys fit at different places and mm-hmm. Anthony's at his alma mater. Uh, they're the biggest game in town. He probably learned something in two years in the NBA that is absolutely him. did. You know, I mean, the dude and, ch- changed completely the style of play that he plays with. They were one of the fastest teams in the country. Yeah. And so, so yeah. And so anybody that's got some petty grudge that, Oh, you know, why didn't he, Hey, different people fit well at different places. And, and also to the people who want to say, Oh, ha ha, Alabama sucks. Anthony Grant couldn't win there, but he couldn't go to Dayton and do it. Well, he also, I mean, this team that he had at Dayton, they had good pieces. He, it's essentially like he had sure. one of his Alabama I mean, teams, except he had Obi Toppin. Yeah, you know, there's, like there's had, a little bit of if our 2011 you know, team had Obi Toppin. Yeah, the national player of the year and is going to make a difference in the A10 now. Right, know, make a difference anywhere, make a difference in the SEC. He's going to really make a difference in the A10, and they had other pieces around him. Yeah, and they were built it's right. Like, it's not like Toppin was even like some super highly recruited guy. I mean, he redshirted his freshman year. Right, and credit to Anthony. You know, they developed mm-hmm. him. They so. Just wanted to say that. That's a side light, but but just wanted to say, uh, I certainly think that was well deserved. Absolutely, and really happy for Coach Rand, a, a really good guy. So, back to Josh Primo. Back to Josh um, Primo, and let's let's just um, we will not join in the thousands in Tuscaloosa who violated social distancing to gather on the quad and sing "O Canada." Yes. At yes. 10 o'clock this morning. But, right. You know, I, probably, I am thinking about, probably, probably felt very comfortable in Alberta City when he visited. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, probably I'm thinking about ordering, out. I'm going to order a pizza tonight with only Canadian bacon on it. Yeah, that's that's part of the cultural link that we have is bacon. You know, yeah. The, and, and pork products. I'm sure that was important as well um, to, to get to go to Archibald's. Yeah. But it, it's been um, his his recruiting rankings. First of all, are a little bit can be a little bit deceptive. If you go on ESPN, for instance, which a lot of people do, they're, they're not primarily a recruiting site, but they are ESPN. And you looked at the top hundred players, the top hundred prospects. He's not on there. Well, they don't rank kids who are playing out of the country. Mm-hmm. They don't rank. Canadian kids, um, two, four, seven does. And they've got Josh at, at the 20, number 27 prospect in 2020 and a five star and a guy who, who is young. I don't know if he's going to be quite as young as Kyra was when Kyra was so young, but could very possibly be a one and done in Alabama's mm-hmm. program. I mean, that's, a, and you hope so because you hope he has that kind of year. If you're mm-hmm. if you're Nate Oates, um, so um, now that you now that you bring that up, I kind of want to see what his birthday is, so we can start that whole our child <laughs> point guard thing up again. 
Maybe so. Reu- nothing wrong with reusing that material, although he's not. Oh, yeah. He's not really a point. That's not what the, he's recruited to be. But you know, we talked about that that core before of Quinterly, Rojas, Herb, of course, would be I think the the leader of next year's team. Shackelford, Alex Reese, if he can deal with some off the court stuff, and you know, we're not going to rehash all of it here. If you follow. Tide Sports, if you follow Hunter and I, or I, or both of us on Twitter, you know what Alex's situation is, and, and he's got to do some some things to work his way back. He's still on the roster. Um, if his, it if sounded pretty positive about that. Like yeah. He, that said Alex knows he made, made a mistake. Yeah, um, and, and maybe this will get Alex, you know, really focused on having a good senior year, and if he does, you know, he's the guy that, that can – I mean, you know, he, he can hit four or five threes in a row, creates a real matchup problem for other teams when he get out and go. Um, so he's he could be, you know. And he had some times this year, too, where As he a, started rebounding the ball well, too. Better. Um, maybe. He had, he had the widest range of of great passes and terrible passes. You know, he would he would make unbelievable assists. Uh, the one to Petty for the dunk at Ole Miss. You know, you'll remember that'll be on the highlight films um, for years. Hell, he, um, he even had a wide range of shots to miss shots. The dude either made. Or like it looked awful a lot of times. <laughs> but again, I think I think some of that's focus. So uh, he's certainly not a guy that I would want to leave off. But then you take okay, now you've you've got uh, Keon Ambrose Hilton who signed in November, um, and now Primo going to assume that there's no complications. He's said on Twitter today he's 112 percent committed, which. I guess has to do with the Canadian exchange rate. That, you know, <laughs> the, the, their dollar not quite as strong as ours, so that's understandable. Um, but you know, so again, now you've got some more pieces to work with. Uh, but he's, he, as with all coaches, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, the football situation is different, and Nick Saban's different. But Nick needed to get Julio in that first recruiting class. Not comparing somebody to Julio, but just you you got to have, you know, you, you get shots at certain guys that you really need to get in your program. And it creates momentum and it creates interest. And for most people who were bummed out about the end of the season, uh, they're optimistic today. They're wanting to see this guy play. And that's important. Right. And y'all heard it here first. Cecil Hurt just compared Joshua Primo to Julio Jones. So y'all need to be really, really excited. I did. He'll probably score more career points than Julio. That's that's at probably, Alabama. That's probably likely. They'll Oates will get him to throw him the ball at least. <laughs> no. No. It's really not fair to compare anybody to Julio until Julio's home planet sends somebody else down here. <laughs> right. And well, and hopefully Javon Quinley will throw in the ball and won't be taking any sacks like the 2010 season. 
There you go. Yeah. There I felt you like you were, you were close to going there, and I went ahead. I'm it. not uh, in this time of national unity going to say anything bad about Greg McElroy. <laughs> I'm going to do it. That's why I'm here, though. Um, That's so why you're here. We'll probably talk. Yeah. So we'll probably talk about this um, again. You know, we plan on still doing this pretty regularly. We might change up the format some. We're going to do basketball, but we might talk about a lot of other random things happening around Tuscaloosa and around around the state. Um, but you got to think Alabama's going to add a couple more pieces. Also, That's they would like guys to possibly it. leaving. They would like to add, and here we go into the recruiting wonk um, segment of our program, which I guess is what I'm part of what I'm here for. Um, I would say that with two signed, and they they will recruit to Kyra and John's spot. They are not going to leave spots open and end up with eleven guys as a starting point. You know, they're going to fill thirteen scholarships if there's any. And, you know, so so Beetle, they're they're not going to approve the winner extra year. Beetle's not going to be back, and Raymond Hawkins is transferred out. So they view it as having four vacancies anyway. So they got two more spots that they absolutely need to fill. Right. It wouldn't shock me, as I've said, for it to be three or four more signees by the end of the summer, you know, by the time everything shakes out because particularly with transfer portal guys, um, a lot of them want to take some visits and kind of see, and we don't know when that process is going to kick back up. Um, I think it's possible the right now, and I don't really anticipate a change of the opening date of the signing period. They'll probably extend the closing date, which, is in May, May 20th, and they'll probably push that back to let guys on on the chance, you know, no no reason not to push it back to June. And maybe by May, guys will be able to take visits. You know, who knows? But I would say, um, obviously, I'm, I think there'd be at least one more commitment before signing day. Uh, I would think they absolutely intend to fill the two remaining spots that there are now, no question about that. And it wouldn't surprise me if they were to take two more after that, depending on how the portal works out. Right. Um, they're recruiting. Um, you know, Nate talked pretty specifically about it last week, that they want to be bigger at the guard positions. Um, all the other guards, Shaq and Quinterly are not particularly big guys. Um, talented guys, but not particularly big guards. So they want everybody else. I think that's playing on the perimeter to, to be six, four, six, five, six, six. Um, I think that's the way that he wants to play. Of course, Primo fits that perfectly. Um, I, I think, I, I don't think it's a secret. They're looking at Keon Clark, the junior college guard from Florida Southwestern, who's about six, five. Um, they're looking at they need somebody who can be another point, you know, with, with Quinterly, with with Herb able to handle the ball some. But I think they'd like somebody else to take some of those minutes off of Quinterly. They don't want him having to play 38 and a half again. Like, like we did Kyra. Yeah, if Kyra comes back, then you don't have an issue. You know, then, then oh gosh, fine, yeah. But, 
but I, I wouldn't anticipate that just if, if I had to guess here on the last week in March. Uh, but who knows, who knows, because who knows how the NFL NBA draft, excuse me, is going to manifest itself, but yeah, they could change their format. But, um, so obviously if they go beyond four signees, uh, which I think is very possible, almost, almost likely to go to five and not unlikely to go to six. Um, some guys that are on the current roster, they're going to have to make some decisions about. So um, I'm not going it, to – it's unfortunate, too, that they don't have an off-season program. They can't watch them in the weight room because all that would have entered into the decision. For sure. Making process. Um, but they're – you know, to be perfectly frank about it, and Nate Oates, again, without naming anybody or probably without having final decisions made, uh, they're – some guys on the roster that weren't recruited to this system, the system that Nate wants to run, who might find more playing time somewhere else. So that's just probably going to be an ongoing process um, through June, July. But it certainly wouldn't surprise me in the least if, say, two more players went into the portal. That wouldn't surprise me. And that's uh, fine. It happens everywhere. Yeah. And sure, it's 40% turnover ratio in college basketball these days. Uh, there's 600 guys in the portal. Um, so, and Alabama's going to be recruiting in the portal. I think that that's where they're going to target. They've got to have at least one guy at the rim, you know, one inside guy. Uh, Rojas will help there, but he's not a shot blocker. You know, he's not 6'10", 6'11", kind of guy. Um, Alabama will be looking for guys like that in the portal, one or two. If they can get them, if there's a super scoring guard and there are certainly a couple of possibilities in the transfer market, they'll be amenable to that. But they've got to have at least one inside guy. No questions asked. No, no doubt about it. Um, they need somebody that can protect the rim and be a shot blocker, which which neither Galen or, or Javian Davis really are. Or, or so, Reese, or Reese. Um, so that's that's a priority. Uh, there are some names. They try to be super secretive. I think with with who they're looking at in the portal. So we'll see. You know, we'll see how those things. Some guys are announcing their final five. I know the Kevin Marfo guy, Quinnipiac, who I never thought was a real possibility because he's not a shot blocker. Uh, but he narrowed his list to five. I think Texas A&M is the SEC team that's still on his list. Um, he averaged 10 rebounds a game at Quinnipiac. So, um, yeah, a lot of lot of SEC teams are in that market. Um, so you'll be competing against some of those. But it goes back to connections that they have. You know, there's still a lot of connections in the Midwest and Northeast for this staff. Um, I, I'm not aware of any, you know, Alabama, state of Alabama kids that are looking to, to come home that would really fit that bill of what they're looking for. But um, that's not impossible, I suppose. Um, so it's, it's 
it, probably a lot more recruiting to go. For sure. Well, Cecil, it's been nice to get back into podcasting. Feels like it's been forever. Um, <laughs> I will go ahead and apologize to people that said we recorded this over Skype. It's the only way we can do it right now with social distancing. We're not going into the office to do it. It's the smart thing to do. I know there was a couple times where I could not hear Cecil. It cut out a little bit. Like we're not going to edit it though. It's just that's the time we're in right now. So hopefully the quality is okay. Um, Sarah yeah, hopefully it, didn't, did, hopefully it didn't skip. You know, it didn't fade out right on those parts where I was naming the four guys that Alabama's going to sign. But if it did, exactly, we'll exactly, we'll try and catch up on that next week. <laughs> I did notice that Sarah Catterson hissed at Murphy during the podcast. I don't know if that made it on or not. I kind of hope it did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Cecil, again, enjoyed it. This has been the Bama Beat Basketball Podcast brought to you by Wickles Pickles.